Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. You are now listening to The War Report Podcast Network. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop Podcast, episode 100 of the College Loop Podcast. And if you've been here since day one, the the thumbnail should be a little nostalgic for you all. But Tar, how are we doing, buddy? Doing well as I slide closer to the camera here so you can hear me on the mic a little bit better. Uh, 100 episodes, we'll talk about it later. But man, hot damn, we made it. Um, Really, really excited. A lot of stuff to celebrate today. Um, you're as this show's coming out tomorrow, celebrating one year with your lovely girlfriend Lauren, who's been a big supporter of the show from the jump. So we appreciate the hell out of her. Congratulations to you guys! I've had a great day. I went to Oppenheimer today. Um, so dude, nine and a half out of ten. Nine and a half out of ten. Did you also see Barbie alongside that? I did not do the Barbenheimer. No, I did not. Uh, but if you, have you seen Oppenheimer yet? I have not. Do you like Christopher Nolan films? Yeah. Who doesn't? Yeah, well, that's a layup question, right? Like, but. <laughs> Yeah, 100% need to go see it. I'll go see it with you again. Um, I definitely, yeah. It's three hours worth of film, but for those of you who are looking for the College Loop uh, film critic session, um, this is my two cents worth. Go watch Oppenheimer. It is as advertised. So, <laughs> The film loop will be that the name of that. <laughs> you would think that would be a football film, but it would just be, <laughs> just be movie reviews. Just be movie reviews. Okay. I, this week when I, I, I had my, ended my first week of teaching, and I made sure that one of my days was spent just constantly talking about Interstellar because we did a little film film one lesson. Of, one of the greatest movies ever. Drop in the comments below when you like subscribing the bell. Did they make it home? Let's talk Auburn football. Talk Auburn football. And Auburn football is now moved up in the 2024 recruit rankings to 14 after the pickup of yet another four star in IMG Academy defensive lineman. T.J. Lindsay, the six foot three, two hundred sixty-five pound uh, lineman, also from originally from Arkansas, so a little bit of a little bit of crossway with with Walker White there, and it just seems that that one school up there in Fayetteville just cannot recruit their state. <laughs> well, I mean, technically he's listed as he's from Bradenton, Florida, because he went to IMG Academy, so. Technically, it doesn't count against their pipeline, but uh, you've got some validity there, and that's a school we'll actually be previewing next week uh, that we were talking about. We talked last show a little bit about TJ Lindsay and about his potential impact in the 2024 class. I mean, come on. Getting to work in the trenches has been a priority for Hugh Freeze from the get-go, and it shows. It's been an emphasis point. This class is hashtag not done yet. Uh, we ain't finished, as, as, as some, some recruiting coaches may say. Uh, uh, within the within the program, ninety point oh four. Excuse me, ninety oh. Let me try that again. Ninety point four two composite on the two four seven rankings. We've always said that two four seven is best at, at, at judging TJ Lindsay's talent. Um, a four star that really bumps up this class. And I mean, dude, what a pickup! Uh, this this group is. It, it's clear that there's still a clear emphasis on on building a defense and, and building from the trenches and understanding that in the SEC, not only can you have to be able to run the football, you got to be able to stop the run and put pressure on quarterbacks in an ever-changing, more dual-threat world than we've ever seen before. Uh, this is huge, and 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 uh, I just can't speak highly enough about the fact that Auburn actually is looking at having some depth on both sides of the trenches for the first time in, in a long time. Auburn fans, you should be pumped. Yeah, and T.J. Lindsay is a very athletic uh, player as it is, a guy who probably isn't going to start right away just strictly because he needs to develop a little bit. Uh, and that's kind of what you get when you get those – three to four stars just come somewhere kind of in the middle uh, sure. around the place. 
but there is a shot that Auburn could be picking up some potential starting the linemen for next year because Auburn has uh, – well, I'm saying – D lineman. Uh, there's also a couple O lineman or one O lineman, and also an edge rusher for 2025, and a safety for the class 2024 that all have announced their commitment dates and are all top targets for the Auburn Tigers as well. I mean, uh, first off, Cam Franklin commits in a week as we're recording this, so six days as this comes out. So this Saturday, Auburn has a chance to pick up what their third five star, third five star. And we talk about like what last week, how uh, Cam Franklin probably isn't an Auburn lock at all. He's probably not going to come to Auburn. Uh, I don't want to call anyone an Auburn lock anymore right now. But you're like Auburn's not within his like right there with anybody else. And then all of a sudden, he's in the top. Auburn's in the top five. He's starting to post more graphics with Auburn, and Auburn fans are getting a little bit more excited about the about the possibilities of picking up yet another five star in this class to join likes of Cam Coleman, or Perry Thompson, Cam Coleman eventually maybe, and Demarcus Riddick as well. And just, dude, this freaking class is just so awesome. And then you add in the facts that DeAndre Carter might be committing by the 20th. And then later on, your five-star J.J. Falk, uh, who I believe, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken here, is the little brother of uh, Keldrick Falk. And then you have he'll be doing that August twenty first, which is a Monday. Uh, so trying to get out of those Monday classes, I see. Uh, and then August twenty second, five star safety Zaquan Zaquan Zaquan. How do you say Z A Q U A N Zaquan 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 Patterson? So you miss KJ Bolden, but you go right back to your bread and butter with another safety, Zaquan Patterson, who. I mean, you pick up these three guys, these four guys. I mean, these three guys for class twenty twenty four, not counting uh, Falk there. I mean, that's a that's a top that's a top seven class right there. Yeah, it is. It, it, it is. And and to speak about Caleb Falk, we we had Caleb Benson on the show the other day, um, and and he mentioned that he likes Auburn a lot. They, as we're, as we're looking to the twenty five class. Also important to note, though, Auburn fans, that, that Caleb brought a good point. It's his own recruiting process. It's 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 gonna be its own entity, but it doesn't hurt to have big brother on the planes. No, it does not, and we've seen that in the past where uh, where guys really commit to where their family is. And and I'm trying to remember who was who was the guy who just committed, whose older brother is uh, Marcus Harris. I'm I'm blanking on it. I'm uh, oh my lord. If I if I go back and look at his graphics, I'd definitely be able to find out who it is. You know, thank you for putting me on a spot like that. Thank you, Dylan. Oh, no problem. It, it's all it's my favorite thing to do. hundred episodes later and I'm still doing it. Don't worry about it. Yeah, that's okay. Well we'll we'll, we'll continue <laughs> to move forward until that name pops in your head and or mine, whoever comes first. We'll like we'll just hook or something, but we'll decide. Um let's look at where this twenty four class is right now, Dylan. And I've kind of thrown this into the rundown, even though it's not on the rundown. Malik Lockton. Jesus Christmas. Hello. Duh. Thank you. Thank you. I don't know how I don't know how both of us forgot that we should just be we should just pass the show on to, to yeah, Colin at this point. Yeah, we're ready to call him the keys and just tell him to take it for it. <laughs> and go okay. find some This 2024 class, and we talk about this all the freaking time, but it's an ongoing fluid conversation. If this is the precedent that Hugh Freeze can set, and and I know that we're gonna talk about this as his first true full recruiting cycle. I don't necessarily know that, you, that, that that's entirely fair because 2024 has not been on the clock really. I mean, they were on the clock before he got there. Yeah. Um, which makes the work that Freeze and Company has already done even that much more impressive. If this is the precedent, folks, without ever playing a snap of football, Hugh Freeze was absolutely the correct hire. Um, and and if, if that's the precedent and understanding that at the SEC, I say this all the time, Bill, how many times do I say this? The SEC, it is a lot about the Jimmys and the Joes. All these guys can coach ball in large. I mean, there was a dude that was on the planes for a couple of years that could not coach ball neither here nor there. He also couldn't recruit. That's different. And, and, and honestly, I, I saw this graphic the other day from Saturday Down South, which I know that's whatever. Do with that as you will. But talking about the most recent firing by year for each SEC tenure, that all feels like a fever dream. I mean, it, it, it really it does. I know that a lot of Auburn fans are saying, oh, you know, that those two years are going to live the you know, longest years of my life. I get it. 
I understand. Oh, yeah. It, the atmosphere around the program, this 2024 class is a textbook example of what, what Auburn can be. And, 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 and I don't even think that this is going to be Hugh Freeze's best class at Auburn. I, I think it'd be far from. But I guess far from it. I think they're going to wind up top 10, so I don't know how much further <laughs> you, you know, away you would get. But you, you understand what I'm saying here. Yeah. How much has this exceeded your expectations for the 2024 class at this point? Because I'll go ahead and tell you right now, I'm going to put this class, as, and you know I'm critical on grades, so I'm putting in a letter grade, and an A, where it sits right now. And it's tough to earn an A, anything higher than an A minus for me. So I'm, I'm going to go put it at an A. I mean, you hit it right, right on the right on the head there. I mean, this this is just an A. I'd say almost an A plus at this rate. I mean, because you go into the couple years that we just got out of, and the vibes were so low that it just wasn't fun being an Auburn fan for that time. But then here in walks Hugh Freeze, a culture changer. Overnight. And you watch an immediate turnaround. I mean, you picked up the 2023 class from the from the ashes that was left over. And then you've turned this 2024 class into a class that could be one of Auburn's best or highly, most probably the highest ranked, one of the highest ranked we've seen in a very long time if it continues to uh, heat up like it is. And especially if we can get all these guys to sign, uh, it'd be nice that alongside their commitments, they're also signing their uh, – <laughs> Well, eyes, yeah. Uh, but I mean, let's see. Hired him in December, and we were just worshiping the 2023 class and just how it was turned around. But I don't think any of us could have expected this 2024 class to be like it is today. I, I have no words. Like I, 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 I can't echo that enough. Now you brought up an interesting point here, Dylan, and I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. Uh, National Signing Day for 2024. For early signing period is going to be, uh, is is it August or September? Our early signing day. Yes. I thought early signing day was December. December twenty. Sorry, we literally launched it. Hello. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I, why did I, why did why is it in September? What's what am I thinking? I don't know. We'll come back. December 20, 2024. That's going to be another period, which I know we're going to have a season of ball under our belt, under Hugh Freeze now, where we'll have a completely different outlook, more than likely. And when I say completely different, we'll have a better idea of, of, the, of the direction that this program's headed. There is, that, that is almost another period that you're circling with, with the red red Sharpie and saying, okay, you've got all these guys committed. Now we're going to learn about Foster. And we're going to learn about Hugh Freeze's ability to to fight off with that you know silver sword, the lightsaber, metaphorically. Kirby Smart, Nick Saban, Mario Cristobal, Brian Kelly, you name it, right? The big, the, the, the guys that, the, that have the brands that can do it and, and, and that we've seen do it before. Um, I mean, Circa, a, a, a wide receiver that currently plays with Pittsburgh Steelers, who it's my favorite football team, but it's still hard for me to cope with. Yeah, you, you, you get it. That's, that's going to be the next step in this. Now, how close is the 24 class to being where it's going to be? And, and at, at what point do we start saying, okay, it's time to pivot and see these guys, uh, how they're followed through and, and, and how often they, Auburn can get them on campus. I don't know that it's soon, but I, I think that window's closer than you may think. Yeah, I mean, you got you to add in some O-linemen to this class and you got to wrap up some of the D-linemen. And that's what we're going to see with Cam Franklin if he doesn't committing to Auburn. And I mean, Hugh Freeze has just been so good in his uh, in his tenures as head coach in general at at recruiting and developing O linemen. That it's just kind of shocking that there's not been many. Uh, DeAndre Carter has been the only one that's had real uh, buzz going on about committing to Auburn. And I mean, I think once you get one or two linemen, you get an, uh, get a couple of DBs in here. I mean, the safeties, the Quan Patterson, and then. I mean, I think you're almost set at linebacker. I feel like you got to be with uh, with four coming in. Yep. I just think get a couple more linemen, get a maybe one or two wide receivers, uh, get it to get a DB, and then just kind of focus on making sure that those guys stay with the program. Because you add in that amount of players, uh, three, five, four stars, any of those, really, you keep this class within conversations for a top five class with the – the floor being top seven. Yeah. Like I think uh, Auburn is definitely going to find, find their way at the end of this recruiting cycle in the five, six, or seven spot. Agreed. Agreed. 
Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm on that same page. That feels very, very plausible. I do want to go ahead and say this now that we're close enough to, I mean, Auburn football's damn near back, folks. Congratulations. You almost made it. 20 days away from Auburn football. 20 days away as the show's coming out. I do want to remind people, there are going to be guys committed to Auburn that are going to take visits elsewhere. They're going to be at games elsewhere. I don't know that there's a ton of cause for panic. Um, I know one player personally um, from my, my time at Auburn that took a visit to Georgia in 2017 prior to their commitment um, just because they wanted to be at the atmosphere for, I believe, Georgia-Alabama. Or maybe it was Georgia-Tennessee. They just wanted to go to the ball game. I, I get that. I mean, it's free tickets. I would do it too. But it, it, I, can't, I, can't, I can't remember. It was some kind of, of significant value. Does that make sense? It could yeah. have been Auburn at Georgia because Auburn had Georgia at home in 17. Neither here nor there, right? Yeah. But do not press the panic button when you see these kids taking visits elsewhere. It's also important to them that they continue their they, – they close out their recruitment process. They're, 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 they're owed that. They earn that. That's when we decide, we figure out. It's the guys, not the guys that are going to look elsewhere, that, that are that are committed to Auburn that you need to be worried about. The ones you should be intrigued about are the ones that are committed elsewhere and coming to visit. That's where things get interesting to me. Your thoughts? Uh, so, I mean, I'm trying to go through the 2024 class. I'm trying to get a number of all the of all the kids that have actually like shut down their commit their recruitment. I mean, Perry Thompson has, Demarcus Riddick has. Walker White definitely has. I mean, dude's unofficially an Auburn recruiter at this point. Uh, Joseph Phillips, his his recruitment's locked down. Jalen Crawford, Fat Burnett, I believe Amon Lane, Jaden Lewis. I'm just prepping people for what's going to happen. Yeah, and I mean, you bring you bring up the fact that you should be excited that people committed elsewhere are coming to Auburn. I mean, Perry Thompson was committed to Alabama. Demarcus Riddick committed to Georgia, uh, and I. See, uh, was there someone else that I'm missing on here? Uh, no, I think that those are the two that were really big uh, other commits. But I mean, you're looking at uh, Cam Coleman is still going to find his way back at Auburn at some point. He's he and I mean he's going to be there at College Station for the Auburn game in the game that might get Jimbo Fisher fired and maybe a Cam Coleman flip as well. But that is besides the point uh, because Auburn is and Hugh Freeze has just done such a good job of getting guys who are so uh, heavily committed to one school. And he's like, well, yeah, you you can go to Alabama and be just another wide receiver. You can go to Georgia to be another linebacker. But you come to Auburn. And build a legacy. Build a legacy. You are the guy. I mean, is there anybody out here who doesn't think Perry Thompson is going to start or at least get meaningful snaps next season? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm I'm kidding. For those of you guys watching the YouTube channel, I was just just antagonizing Dylan. And then we had the Marcus Riddick conversation whenever he committed. And, I mean, we've we've lost in this linebacker core. It's already dealing with some injuries uh, for one guy that we don't really want to be injured. DeMarcus Riddick can come in and be an immediate, like, culture change at this position because we're about to see the first a down year of the, i'm gonna say second second down year of the linebacker position that we've seen uh in the past i want to say like six years i mean you had great owen papo up until the last season and then he just had no help outside of uh, outside of the years of him being misused and, and let's not forget him getting banged up his, his junior year exactly because i mean last last time auburn had a real good linebackers and it Feels like it wasn't that long ago, but it, it, 2020, Zacoby McLean and Owen Papo. But even then, the, the the luster had already left. I mean, 2019 was like the last true year that we really had great linebackers. And you I mean after 20 that 20, 2021, you brought back Chandler Wooten, and you thought, oh well, we got linebackers now. This is going to fix everything after Zacoby left. But Chandler missed the year. He didn't play because of COVID. Now he just he just wasn't fully there and you look around you like wesley steiner cam riley it's their time they're back they're they're five they're both highly recruited guys i don't think cam riley really was uh wesley steiner was a five star or four star but they just and and it's, i'm gonna tell it's time to give up on wesley steiner and cam riley both it's time to give up on them at this rate because every year it's the same shebang as wesley steiner's year it's cam riley's year it's wesley steiner's year it's cam riley's year and just not there. And then Auburn, uh, Hugh Freeze finally brought it. He brought in Austin Keys, and Austin Keys has been the anchor of that linebacker core for 
and now he's dealing with some injuries this this camp. But going into the season, if he's if he can get healthy and stay healthy, he's going to be the best linebacker on the field for Auburn, and it's just going to be him and someone else on the field. But you go into 2024, 2025, 2026, 2027, maybe 2027, Demarcus Riddick, immediate change of pace at the linebacker position. Absolutely. And if you can bring in a guy like Cam Franklin, I mean, DeAndre Carter, who's a, his a high four-star. I mean, dude, I just love talking about DeAndre Carter so much. I need him in the orange and blue just because his size alone excites me. At, as an offensive guard, I don't know why. Uh, and usually all these guys, and there's not—I don't think there's a single commit in the class 24 that I'm just like he's just not gonna. I don't think this guy's really gonna see the field that much. I mean, look at Auburn's lowest-rated guy per 24/7 sport is Deon, is D'Angelo Barber, who I've watched so much film of. I don't know how they have him as a three-star. Yeah, I think really. dude is dude maybe needs a year, but after that he's on the field. He is right on the field. But I, other, than that, other than that, I think the only one that I'm really looking like may not see the field as much as Kinsley Faustin. But even then, kid's a dog. Agreed. And his only problem is he is going into the heart of where Auburn has the most depth. And that is the defensive back room. Love that DB room. Let's let's pivot. Let's move away from from, from Cruton. And, and looking at the future, and let's look at the present. And we have had, I feel like, you know, we, we, we talk about our position breakdowns week to week, and, and this week's slated for quarterback, but, I mean, hell, every single show is a quarterback uh, analysis. And, and, and that's kind of the nature of the game when you have a quarterback battle. I mean, that's kind of how it goes. And thank you guys for, for hang, who have hung out with us throughout the thick and thin through this for listening to the quarterback conversation every week, every show, because it, it doesn't go anywhere. We're going to start with quotes about from, from Hugh Freeze about Holden Garner, and then, and then that's going to kind of segue into our quarterback preview because, I mean, hell, every week's a quarterback preview. I think we're close. I think we're close to knowing a starter. Well, oh, we were really close yesterday. I was about to say, based on the Hugh Freeze quote, he, he, I think he already had a starter in mind until, until today happened. Until Saturday and, as it was coming out. Sunday, yeah. Right. Yeah. But – you're going – I'm just going to go over some things that we learned yesterday at, at the scrimmage. I mean, the running backs are freaking awesome. I mean, long run after long run after long run. We knew that. <laughs> I'm just getting out of the way. Brian Petit is him. Uh, I don't know how you're going to – got to find a way to put in – get two more footballs on the field. So just so everyone can get equal amount of carries because someone's not going to get enough carries. And someone – there's also thing as one of these running backs having too many carries. It's always going to be they don't have enough carries. Right. I think Auburn's going to have to adopt the just triple option at this point, and it's just going to be Brian Batia at quarterback, Jarquez Hunter, and Damari Alston, and then find a way to get Jeremiah Cobb and Sean Jackson in there as well. What about the Michigan Super I formation? Yes. <laughs> at some point, someone's got to run forward. Uh, and then wide receivers, tight ends um, – the the best quote of the day is the fact that Rivaldo Fairweather is uh, unguardable. Yeah. So uh, if you love tight ends like I do, uh, it's going to be very fun to watch Rivaldo Fairweather this year, and I think we all knew that. Uh, let's see. I heard a lot about things about Shane Hooks. He took a slant route 30 yards, uh, made, two, made three people miss, and got down at the one, and then Jarquez Hunter punched it in. Nick Martiner called a deep ball. And Jair Shorter caught himself a deep ball as well. So he's looking a little healthy. So all my receiver can stay healthy. This thing's going to get a little a little dangerous. Uh, but other than that, some injuries that we've been hearing about, Camden Brown, Javarius Johnson, Coy Moore, Malcolm Johnson have all been dealing with some injuries. I think they're going to be fine by week one. Uh, but wide receiver room looks deadly. O-line is making holes for the running backs. And actually looks like a competent offensive line, uh, not per the huge that we've been seeing. Uh, Gunnar Britton, Dylan Wade, Tate Johnson, Avery Jones, and I believe Cam Stutz are the uh, projected starting lineup. And I could be missing one or two. That sounds correct. Yeah. Uh, but O-line's looking good and could stay good if DeAndre Carter were to, were to bring himself from modern day to the, to the Plains. 
And uh, defense-wise, Keldrick Falk doing what Keldrick Falk is expected to do, being an absolute monster. Uh, And Austin Keyes did get to have some action today. He was dealing with some injuries as well, but he – I, I heard that he did do pretty well today uh, for what it's worth. And he's done, I think, some hamstring stuff. So your, your usual injuries uh, that you get. And then uh, Eugene Asante had a solid day. So maybe That's he could be that other guy. Yeah. Uh, another guy who we've been waiting to for, to really step up. Reading practice notes, I was like, hmm. Eugene Asante, yeah, he's been in the gym. Uh, people have been comparing his uh, what he looks like now to Owen Papo because uh, he definitely beefed himself up over the summer. So <laughs> I don't know if he'll ever reach the athletic prowess of Owen Papo, but if you can get the if you get the physique of Owen Papo, I think you're in, I think you're in good hands, right? Good <laughs> you are in good shape. Yes, great right, shape. Everyone. Get to the get to the notes that everybody's waiting for. <laughs> so. If you were interested in the quarterback position, because who's not? That is the most important position on the field at any given time, unless you love left tackles. Or if you're right-handed quarterback, you, you, you would say left tackle. If you're left-handed quarterback, you say you're right tackle. tackle. So it would seem that Hugh Freeze, like we said earlier, did have his mind made up for his starting quarterback. But he said today, yesterday, that – to that scrimmage has kind of made him rethink some things. He's going to, have to go home, watch some film, and get that side. And you pretty much said that that mean that meant Robbie Ashford was probably the starter until he had a little bit of an inconsistent day. Yeah, I mean, from from the things we've heard the past couple of days, it sounds like Robbie Ashford's taking tremendous strides. Um, which, first off, that's a good thing for Auburn fans. Second off, before we even get into the rest of this, I want everyone, everyone to remember that Auburn's first game is against UMass, which means all three quarterbacks are going to play. You know, every single one of them, there's not a red shirt to protect. It really doesn't matter. That being said. It's probably taking the first snap. <laughs> yeah, it's that's ultimately who takes the first snap. That's that's really what, what everybody's curious about. Ashford, it sounds like actually might have been the presumptive starter until Holden Gurner did what Holden Gurner does today and slung the rock, uh, which I think that my, uh, myself included, but every, everyone, my, like I said, myself included, had kind of counted Holden Gurner out of this race. And it sounds like he may have shaken things up today, Bill. Yeah, and you, if I say, you read through the notes and what we've been hearing all the time, and I, I completely agree. I think Robbie was the starter, and this – hurts me so much as the one true Robbie Ashford truther. And uh, people were watching him throw the ball. And you see the strides that he made over the offseason, but he still lacks the consistency that you want from your starting quarterback. But, I mean, the throws were there. He's had a couple of questionable throws that kind of got people talking. And then you look at the transfer in in Peyton Thorne, who his main problem today was he just – wouldn't throw the ball when he needed to. He would take, I guess he would just take sacks. He wouldn't throw the ball when a guy got open. He would just hold on to the ball way too long, which in the SEC, no matter how good your offensive line is, the defensive line is always going to be on the same level. So you're never going to get the perfect pocket every play. You're not going to have that. And you're probably going to have three seconds at max to throw that ball. But it seemed like Peyton Thorne just wasn't, quite there yesterday and and you look at Holden Gurner and dude has the best arm in his quarterback room dude had the best day yesterday and possibly has Hugh Freeze thinking that this could be Holden Gurner's team come September 2nd well Holden Gurner if he didn't think he had a shot but still but not so be that there there's there is certainly that but all things considered, when you're looking at boomer bust factor in, in, in order for high ceiling, low floor, not really knowing where that, that individual can land, number one's Robbie Ashford, number two's got to be Holden Gurner, number three's got to be Peyton Thorne. We know what Peyton Thorne can do. Peyton Thorne, fine quarterback, could play quarterback in the SEC, in my opinion. Truthfully, Holden Gurner, like we mentioned on the last, last show, don't have a ton of recent film on just don't know where he's at in terms of pocket presence, football IQ, which I, I do think Holden Gurner's got a very high football IQ. But 
Hockey President's football, uh, football IQ, ability to extend plays, which we know that Robbie has. It is interesting to hear that Gurner, who we've known since day one was the best passer on this team, has really kind of cleared all in terms of, hey, look at me. I should at least be option two if I'm not named the starter, which also is a little bit insightful as to the offensive scheme that Hugh Freeze wants to run. It means that Auburn folks, Auburn may want to throw the football a little more than you're used to this year, which could be good, could be bad. I mean, look, look, look at this. It could be indifferent. That's probably where I'm leaning. But look at the stable running backs you got. You certainly have threats in the backfield, but we don't know about this receiving core. I know, I know you said there's going to be rock stars a minute ago, Dylan. We don't know. We really just don't in terms of putting all these pieces together in, in a new scheme and a scheme that actually pays attention to some X's and O's that we've not seen in the past couple of years. It's insightful, if nothing else, right, about what this offense could look like. Because if Hugh Freeze says that he's got to think about things and go back and rewatch film, that leads me, as, as I guess just a football enthusiast, to believe, oh, man, Hugh Freeze may be serious about slinging rock this year. And that's not something we've seen in, uh, from Auburn and in, yeah, <laughs> in, in, in sentence. So very interesting there. I still, all, all things considered, I, I, I actually am going to kind of modify my last claim about Peyton Thorne being the starting quarterback after what we've heard the past couple of days. I think that if I'm putting a, a, a depth chart together right now, I think it's Robbie Ashford, Holden Gurner, and then Peyton Thorne, which is out of this world insane given the fact that all of us presumed that Thorne was going to be the guy. Is that door still wide open? Okay. The majority of us presume, Dylan's giving Fair. me the hands up for those of you listening Fair. to home watching the show, that, that Thorne was going to be the guy. And I think the door's still open. Things can change between now and UMass. 2.30, well, apparently, on September 2nd. That is, even though I was sworn up and down at 6 o'clock. But... I, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning toward that this, this could be the Robbie Ashford revenge tour. I know Dylan's just out of his mind excited. Oh, that's exactly what I want to hear. Uh, Cause I like the idea. I, I mean, I, I love whenever Peyton Thorne committed uh, cause that's uh, position of needs. Quarterback was right up there with linebackers when it came to the transfer portal. No, quarterback is one a one a and linebackers one B. I mean, right. They desperately needed a change at both positions. And Peyton Thorne came around, and I was very excited for what Peyton Thorne could do. But then I just – when I watched the film and I watched what Robbie can be, I was just so heavily invested in what Robbie can develop into that I just stuck with Robbie. From, that I, and I have stuck with Robbie, except for the little week that we had where we thought Grayson McCall was going to be the next Auburn quarterback. Auburn yeah, that would have changed my mind a little bit. Uh, but Rob, what Robbie can be is a lot better than what any, any of the other quarterbacks can be as well. But like you always say, the floor is a lot lower with Robbie because if he can't get consistent, then that's going to be a problem for the offense trying to move and score the ball, uh, score with the ball. Uh, and Holden Gurner, I mean, uh, he, could, he has the potential to be the first starting quarterback with facial hair since I want to say Nick Marshall. Which is a funny stat line. No, 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 no. Jeremy Johnson had facial hair. There we go. Yeah, First he, had goatee. he had a goatee. Yeah, he had a goatee. Uh, and it was very, very, like, right out of high school level goatee as well. So, you Double know, a little, 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 little scraggly. Uh, but I, I think Holden Gurner, if he is, if he can do in, in games what he is doing in practice – can be very beneficial to what Hugh Freeze wants to do with the football, and that's throwing the ball. And I talk about all the time Holden Gurner probably has the – not probably, has the best arm in this quarterback room by far. And I have always been of the component, if Auburn doesn't have, can't get an intermediate passing game, they're screwed. And I and this my one complaint I had with Gus Malzahn, uh, and one of a few, but he just – never really knew how to get the ball thrown within 10 to 15 yards uh, of the line of scrimmage. He never knew how to throw, how to throw like a slant route, how to throw a post, how to throw a corner. It was always, 
it was always streak. It was always halfback draw. It was always halfback screen, wide receiver screen, quarterback draw, RPO, halfback pass, wildcat, all the all that stuff. But it was never get the ball in the middle of the field from just seven, eight, nine, ten yards and let the ball go. Let the wide receiver do the rest. That was never a Hugh for a, a Gus Malzahn thing. And it sure as heck was not a Brian Harson thing. But Hugh Freeze has that has the wide receiver room built up, and now he's looking at two guys that we can presume are going to be Holden Garner and Robbie Asher, the two guys who were the two guys at the start of Hugh Freeze's tenure here. And you throw in a transfer, and the transfer kind of fell off a little bit from what we thought it was going to be. I mean, he just I think he just can't handle SEC pressure, maybe. And if that something changes, I mean, he, then he. I hope the best for him because I, I think Peyton Thorne can be a good quarterback if he can just get some confidence. And that's all holding the ball too long is, is just lack of confidence. But if Holm Gurner can do what he does in practice and games, and if Robbie Ashford can get consistent, I mean, Auburn has a pretty good stable of quarterbacks right there between those two. And, I, I mean, I'm always going to stick with my guns with Robbie Ashford just because of the RPO. I love RPOs. But if you tell me Auburn can have a way, find a way to have another three thousand yard passer while also having a, a one thousand uh, over one thousand and maybe even close to another thousand yard rusher, I mean that offense right there is way too prolific for me to say no to that. Agree, especially with the fact with that that kind of offense. I mean that's nine, ten, eleven plus wins right there with that kind of offense. So if Holden Gurner is doing these kind of numbers and and practice and he can keep it up in game, I mean, and I think we can all agree the defense he's the defensive backs he's throwing these passes against. I'd I'd say we think they're pretty freaking good. Agree. <laughs> so him doing this in practice, if he can translate it to a game, I mean, give me Holden Gurner. Agree. I mean, you you put it the best bow on it you could. I don't I don't have a ton to expand on other than the baby goat Hank Brown will still be around. Um, and I will add this. I do believe that if one guy is to win the starting job and stay healthy all year and maintain that start, starting job, you will have a quarterback room of three next year plus walk-ons, and that will be starter A, Hank Brown, and Walker White. <laughs> uh, because I do think – Doesn't Robbie have to stay till he graduates? Uh, Robbie, they could expedite it, and he would graduate um, next summer. Like that would okay. be a light transfer portal, but he would – that would be on the table. Obviously. Got it. And if one of those two guys got got to go after after this yeah. year, depending yeah. on who drops, it just doesn't make sense for them either. Let's 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 put the quarterback conversation put a pen a pen in it because we're coming back to it. it, it it'll be back. We'll we'll see you again on Tuesday, folks. I'm sure it'll um, always be a thing. And, and by Tuesday, we'll find out that Hank Brown's going to win the starting job, and that's just <laughs> yeah, you know it's something we'll discuss when we get there. I'm playing, of course. Excuse me. I just had a, the biggest hiccup in the world. Before we go over and we talk basketball, Dylan, I do have a question for you. How are you feeling, my friend? You know, with all these quarterbacks just coming around, you know, performing well, not performing well, all this stuff, it's got me feeling a little loopy. I got to be honest with you. You know, if only you had – oh, wait, you could have a T-shirt that really, really could depict that for you. If you don't already have one, these things are sweet. We've got five different colorways. It's the Feeling Loopy College Loop War Report Podcast Network co-branded T-shirt available on, on the War Report website. That's www.thewarreport.com. Don't feel like typing that in the search bar. Me either, dude. It's in the description right here. If you're watching the YouTube version, if you're watching, listening on Spotify or any other streaming platform, then you actually do have to go to the to the website. But go check those out at www.thewarreport.com. Comfiest T-shirt you will ever own. It's dope. Shout out to the guys over at the Warport for hooking us up. Also, make sure to go love and support them for all their awesome work over there. Dylan. I will say, if you are listening on Spotify, it is in the description of the Spotify as well. Oh, look at you, Dylan. You see, yeah, you're I, got, I, got, I got it going on sometimes. You're, you're pulling tricks out of the bag that I, I didn't even know existed. We're talking basketball, Auburn We're basketball. About, it's worth mentioning next, next show at Arkansas is the preview. Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry. Got to bring it up. Me and you both got Auburn at what? Seven and two, yeah. Going into away. going into Arkansas, and then we got two more games I, after that to cover. I've got December. I'm drinking the Kool Aid. 
<laughs> We're talking Auburn basketball right here on the College Loop. So, Tiger fans, I, I'm sorry that you've already heard this, and so I've got to say it out loud again. Um, Auburn missed out on Floyd Bedunga, five-star. It happens. Uh, winds up winds up committing to Kansas after being crystal balled by a couple of people to come to Auburn. A couple Listen, of everybody. everybody. I, tried, I tried the crystal ball thing once, and I got it horribly wrong. I get it, for those of you who are wrong. Um, I've been there. Um, I, just like just like Pitbull, believe me, been there, done that. Dylan, this puts Auburn men's hoops kind of in an interesting spot about where this 24 class winds up. It's going to be fine. I'm not overly concerned about it. This has got to be the oddest recruiting cycle I've ever seen for Auburn hoops. And you have to keep in, in, in mind that Wes Flanagan is a damn good recruiter. And that's why Ole Miss is back in conversations to get guys in the class of 2024 because Wes Flanagan is so damn good. Uh, Auburn's going to grow out of that. Bruce Pearl is the man, the freaking man, if you will. And I would, I would not press the panic button whatsoever. But Dylan, I know you were, uh, you were a little bummed. You rushed home just to make sure you were home before his commitment. And then Flory Benigo uh, commits to Kansas. Yeah, I had the graphic made. I had the caption ready to copy and paste. I, I was all ready for him to commit to the Auburn Tigers and be the pick and roll guy for Mister Dahad Pettiford. And it's just the theme of this recruiting cycle that I, we have we have dudes and then we don't have dudes anymore. Uh, but, uh, you know, at this class end of the day, I still give it an A just because Tahad Pettiford is a dog. Is a dog, dude. And we don't know if yeah, we're, I say, we don't know where LeBaron Filon is going to commit. He still could come back to the Tigers. Uh, Peyton Marshall is now Missouri Tiger. So that. That sucks if you love seven foot tall, three hundred pound centers like I found out that I did, uh, and he found his way in Missouri for some for some reason. Uh, Cam Scott, the guy we talked about last show, is a now a Texas Longhorn, so we're gonna have to see him a lot next year, or at least two times at the bare or the bare minimum once. Uh, and then Florida Badunga, a guy who we literally just spent the last two days hearing from on three. Uh, Caleb Benson had him had him crystal ball 24-7. A lot of 24-7 guys had him committed to Auburn. And then uh, that Jayhawk bag, I mean, they're a blue blood for a reason. Auburn was mixed in with a bunch of blue bloods along the You said the blue blood bag. I was going to say, dude, it's freaking Kansas. Like, I mean. It is, he's the first commit for the Kansas class, too, and it dropped Auburn in one spot just because just getting Badunga jumped Auburn and just Auburn as well. So that's annoying. Uh, but, again, just uh, don't panic because guess what? The transfer portal is still a thing. Bruce Pearl's still a dog. Bruce Pearl is still one of, one of the top recruiters in the country, not the SEC, the country. Still getting to hot time. And to High Pettiford is a dog who we're going to love for the 2024 season and beg that he stays for the 2025 season. He's going to be a, a hot topic on the college loop. Um, as we, I can't wait to get like high school highlights from him this year and us just lose our minds. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be so much fun. Let's talk women's hoops real quick, Dylan, before we, before we say shalom uh, to, to everyone here, if you will. Okay, so Auburn just kind of Manhandled. <laughs> is that the right word? Uh, the the Swiss Swiss national team, correct? You know what's bad? I thought it was Stone France when I when I typed up the rundown. I had a whole like French Revolution joke written out, and then I read it as the Swiss All Stars, and then I was fuming because so I was like. Coach Jay brings out the guillotine in their 103 to 57 or 68 win over the French All Stars, and then, then I'm I really glad the, that didn't happen. I almost it's almost Swiss cheese, man. I was like Auburn put holes all. Well, they did, they did because Auburn went in this game 103 to 68. You heard that correctly against the Swiss national team with five players in double figures, Dylan. I want you to. Notice a little bit of a trend here when I, when I name off these 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 young ladies that were were in double figures. McKenna Eddings dropped sixteen, leaving the team. Caitlin Duhon dropped ten. Sydney Shaw dropped ten. We had 
excuse me, I'm sorry, Keanu Gaines. I couldn't remember if it was 10 or 11 for her. It was 10 for Keanu Gaines. And then Honesty Scott Grayson dropping 11. Okay. Let's talk for a second here about the, the, the common theme here. You've got, let's throw out the outlier that is Honesty Scott Grayson, who we know what she can do. It's worth mentioning our full stat line too, right? It, five I, and five steals. Yeah, I'm about to say, just absolute crazy talk. All right. Honestly, Scott Grayson balling out, being the leader of this team that we expect her to be. And then you throw in McKenna Eddings and Kiana Gaines, both newcomers to the program. Coach Jay, transfer portal wizard. Some people are saying I'm people. Transfer <laughs> portal and recruiting wizard, excuse me. People are saying I'm, I'm saying. Caitlin Duhon is Sydney Shaw. Both returners, both true sophomores coming in into the 2024-2023-2024 season. Dill, it's working. I mean, I know that this is like offseason. You're beating up on teams you should beat up on. But this team is gelling on a level already that we were ready for this to happen. And this is what we expected. We talk about this kind of a lot, you and I, off the air. And I'll go ahead and say this publicly. Sydney Shaw is the next coming of Odyssey Scott Grayson. Maybe better. Like, truthfully, maybe even better. And honesty is going to make a WNBA team very happy. I, I firmly believe that. I know that there's a little, little hype discrepancy there. She's going to be a WNBA player. And, and make a team extremely happy. Sydney Shaw, incredible, incredible athlete. Going to be the one guard of the future. Caitlin Duhon. When she plays good basketball, Caitlin Duhon is unguardable. And then you look at the rest of these newcomers to the program. It's hard to start, stop and look. And, and, you know, you can never overreact to these trips overseas. I get that. I get that. I understand. We certainly did it with Auburn men's last year. But you have to look at this as an encouraging factor saying, wow, it's working. Ripping the team apart, losing Aisha Koulibaly, which even hurts to say, did not kill this team. In fact, it may have made it better. I'm excited. Your thoughts? Yeah, you bring up losing Aisha Bali. I mean, we talked about how that was well, – all the stuff that we heard that maybe it made the locker room a lot better just losing Aisha. And then you go talk about the newcomers, McKenna Eddings uh, leading the team in scoring, Kiana Gaines getting double digits, and then you look at Savannah Scott who led the team with 10 rebounds as well. And, I mean, Marshawn Bostic, I mean, she didn't lead the team in scoring this time around, but she led the team in assists. Marshawn I mean, Bostic. Look at this backcourt. Look at this backcourt. I'm being so serious. Honestly, Scott Grayson, Marshawn Bostic, Sidney Shaw, Caitlin Duhon. Hello. Suddenly, you've got players in that backcourt. I don't want to be. I don't want to be the one to start the hype train or anything. But this could be a tourney team. Uh, I think it will be. Women's NCAA tournament. Yeah. If they're not in the NCAA tournament this year, they're gonna be a high WNIT team. Oh, for sure. This group really could be the turning point and in, 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 in the flipping of the script for all the women's teams. I, I think this season alone is going to put Coach Jay into some, into some serious, like, Coach of the Year talks uh, with how, with the turnaround that's going to happen with women's teams. Because this right now, I don't want to bite into I don't want to drink too much Kool-Aid. I'm already drinking so much with the Auburn football Kool-Aid. Uh, but, I mean, dude – this team is going to get competitive in the SEC very quickly, and people are going to stop sleeping on Auburn women's basketball. I'm just saying, you better fill up that student section for, for this season. <laughs> They're certainly not in the South Carolina, LSU, Tennessee echelon yet. It, it'll take years to get there. It, it, it's That takes a village. Exactly. And that's, that's going to take – and we'll talk about that depending on where, where we're at after this year, <laughs> where Auburn women's is at. That's going to take more than just – the folks inside the program. I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and say that it's it's going to take more people than just the Auburn Athletics. Uh, excuse me, just the women's basketball program. It's it's going to take a village. But you are now, I think, entering the territory of Ole Miss, Georgia, that that echelon, that that I guess classification of 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 FCC basketball, where you are in their rearview mirror on a competitive trail. Does that make sense? Yeah. Auburn's going to win a, a game or two that they really should not this year. That's that in the SEC. 
that they're and, and they're going to win a couple that really they've got no business being. This team is going to win more SEC games than they did last year. I can book it. This team's probably not going to play on day one of the SEC tournament. I feel good about that. Uh, I also think that if they get hot at the right time, this group could be the one that people could say, "Oh shit, Auburn women's hoops is back." And 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 folks, let's remember it's back. There is a history and tradition of winning in women's basketball at Auburn, and. No one's bought into that more than Coach Jay has and understands that. Now you've got someone that not only is a player's coach like you had Coach Terry Williams of Illinois, love her to death, have nothing bad to say about her, the fact just was not fit at Auburn anymore. Yeah. Now you've got the mixture of a player's coach to a degree, a good recruiter, and someone that knows ball in terms of there is a schematic commitment. And it's not just 3 and D. It's not just put up shots. It's not just feed the ball to Eugene Thompson, which is what Auburn women's basketball became. Could you imagine Unique Thompson on this team? Oh my God. <laughs> no. I mean, that it's, this the, this team goes from with Unique Thompson, this team goes from me saying they're gonna be in the middle of the pack of the SEC to this team is actually going to scare the shit out of Tennessee, South Carolina, LSU. Not necessarily for title contention, but when they go head to head, they're going to scare them. Um, I don't know that that's the case this year. <laughs> But I do think Auburn winds up winning a couple games that they should in, in, yeah. in conference play and in non-conference play. If Auburn can get out of non-conference play looking in, in great, in good shape, good enough resume that they should need to kind of play 50-50 ball in the SEC regular season to make the tournament, folks, you're there. I mean, like this is this is at that threshold where Auburn backs, women's basketball is back on the map. Yeah, and I mean, last year they they did come – they were almost out of non-con play – uh, looking very, very good until the injuries started piling up. So, I mean, theme for this season, you got you got a court built up of of girls who can really shoot the ball, can pass it around, can get rebounds, but they got to stay healthy. Well, and for the first time since Coach Jay's been here, there's depth. There's depth. That is something Auburn has been lacking in for, uh, let's be honest, half decade. I mean, there's not been depth for Auburn women's hoops since 2017, 16. Yeah. And I, I would like Auburn to. Uh, I would like them to play some, maybe some stiffer competition, just so I can make sure that they don't do what they did last year, and that was try to rely way too heavily on honesty. In Aisha. In Aisha, mostly honesty at this point. Uh, you, you, she's your best player, and, and she's still a facilitator. Exactly, and you really want your best player to be the best player on the court and give time and scoring the and scoring the ball. But if if McKen Eddings, if Marshawn Bostic, if Caitlin Duhon, if Sydney Shaw, if they can take over games when honesty is getting locked down or whatever, and they're not trying to rely on her too much, I mean that puts Auburn in a great spot. Yeah, you're. I mean, then you're you're making opponents scheme for more than just one or two players. Exactly. And and I truly think that I mean, honestly, Scott Grayson, she's a three level score. Let's, let's be honest, she can shoot the three ball. She's got a great mid-range out from the elbow, and and she can get to the rack. Um, you don't see a ton of those from a guard in her frame. She's um, a more consistent Katie Johnson. <laughs> I, honestly, yeah, except for yeah, – well, actually, I'll say except for she doesn't get to the line as much as he does, but that's just bullshit. Yeah. Honestly, Scott Grayson is uh, – next to Marshawn Bostic, who actually – Marshawn Bostic might be the Greek god of getting to the line – uh, excuse me, honestly, Scott Grayson is right there. But Marshawn Bostic, unbelievably good at getting that straight straight strike. It's unreal. And I'll be interested to see what Auburn looks like with a good front court. Yeah, it's, that's not something we've it's seen. It's been a minute. It's been, yeah. a, it's been a hot minute. When your leading rebounder was Aisha Kulabali, something's going wrong. Not that she's not a fantastic player, but she's a forward. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's nice to have a true big um, on, on this roster. She's a point forward, I would say. Point forward. Point forward. LeBron. Yeah. That's, that's what she played the LeBron position. <laughs> the Ben Simmons position. Well, <laughs> not going there. Not going there. Moving on from women's hoops. Before we wrap this thing up, um, want to go ahead and just give out a big thank you to everybody. This is 100 episodes of the College Loop. When we started this, we had no idea if you guys were going to like it or not. We knew we were going to like it. And we believed in what we had going on. 
Uh, you guys certainly believed in us. The folks over at the War Report, you guys have believed in us, and we appreciate the hell out of that. Make sure you check them out at the Uptempo and at the War Report. Um, Dylan, this has been a hell of a ride. I'm having a ton of fun. I'm excited for the next 100. And the next 100 after that, would love for our next one to be at 500 subs so we can get a good old Colin Beiersdorf TikTok dance, which I think we can put that on the stream, right? Like, that's a thing we can do. Yeah, we, we could definitely get it, get that happening. Like, that's right that's on. we need to exploit, for sure. Um, <laughs> it is really it's great back at the episode one. And, I mean, we're, we're in this nice nice little stream yard call, right? Uh, you're taking start, the Zoom days? We, we started off just doing Zoom calls where we had 40 minutes to get in and get out. And if we didn't get in and get out in 40 minutes, we had to get back in to re-record and I had to edit two video clips together and that got really annoying for interviews. Uh, very annoying for interviews. Uh, but, and now we got this nice little stream yard. We, we work with the war poor. Yeah. Uh, we no longer have to worry if our views get more than 30. Uh, and we have a, a great community of people who love hearing from us, uh, love interacting with us and just all around just love the loop like we do. Just check, we're at 482 subs as we're recording this on YouTube. And I know we, we preach this all the time about like, subscribe, ring the bell, and drop comments, drop your feedback. Which, by the way, while you're here, like, subscribe, ring the bell, drop your comments, drop your feedback. All but the conversation stuff. That's, that, that's, I, I know you guys hear all that all the time. It really does mean the world to us. You guys are the reason we can do what we can do. And we would not still be doing the college loop if you guys weren't around. For those of you that have been around from like our 12 view episode days, y'all are the real homies. But I have a 482-way tie for my favorite sub. And uh, at 481, I'm one of our subscribers. Uh, just that way I know I wouldn't don't post a short. I can go back and watch and laugh. But that, uh, all things considered, um, thank you to all of our all of our supporters from day one. Um, and from, for those of you who just joined the loop, if this is your first episode, what's up? Welcome to the loop. Super pumped to have you. Uh, we love building this community and being part of the Whirlpool Podcast Network, podcast family, as, as I refer to it. Has, has been such a blessing. Football season's around the corner. We know we're about to gain a whole a bunch of new friends, and we're so excited. We're ready to welcome them with open arms uh, and and really get 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 to work. We believe in what we're doing here, Dylan, and I appreciate you for, for sticking with it, man. We could have easily jumped ship on this after a month and a half, and there's just no views rolling in. We just said, screw it. We're going to do it. I mean, it's worth noting. 100 episodes, I've won this one. Yeah. Yeah, you, can count, you can count on one finger how many how many episodes I've missed. I'll show you one finger that, that reflects how much of an a-hole you are sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I am Harrison Tar at by Harrison Tar on Bird app slash X slash Threads. I know that this is Dylan also. I'm going to say it. every single episode. Dylan's also not told you guys we don't have a MySpace in a while. I'm really, really annoyed about that. Um, just reminding you guys, if we get to 1,000 subs, we, do, we are making a MySpace. Colin is going to run it. Um, that bit has not died. So thank you guys so much for everything, everything you're doing. Make sure you drop all of your questions for, I guess not, I almost said spring camp, fall camp and fall practices. Drop your prediction for who's going to be starting quarterback below here. That's super, super important to us. We want to get a feel for what you guys want, who you guys want to see. Sounds like we have a lot of mixed reviews from the past couple comments, or a couple shows we've had, comments we've had on those. Um, would love to keep getting y'all's feedback. Like I said, we always tell you guys, if you drop a, a comment that's a question, we will throw it up on the show. It'll be on the stream. We will answer it, barring you guys asking something um, offensive, which you guys are all good about not doing, so that's nice. Still waiting on someone to ask for our favorite barbecue in Auburn. Really want to answer that one. Uh, Dylan, let's get out of here. 100 episodes, baby. Yeah, and just remember, 99% of the time, I'm here every time. I had to throw in a little Anchorman reference that came to me afterwards. But yeah, of course, I'm Dylan Lark, at you boy the tank on Twitter and X, whichever one you wanted. It redirects. Just type one in. Uh, but yeah, at your boy tank. That's at Y A B O I the tank. That bit has still not changed. And if you want to follow us here on the College Loop, you have us on X slash Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and right here on YouTube, where you can like, comment, and subscribe. Leave some theoretical Thursdays for us. We love Please. doing theoretical Thursdays. They're always fun to do. And we only got probably like two more weeks to do them before you know we're about to get knee deep, or I would say knee deep, about to get neck deep in football neck season. Football. And I mean. Again, we don't have a MySpace, but I really want to watch Colin run that thing. So I already told him he's got, to, he's got to get like real emo about Auburn football. If Auburn loses, he's got to like go on there and like write 2,000 subs when we make him start a Reddit. <laughs> We're just giving Colin all the, all the socials at this point that we don't want to run. 
Uh, but and if you want to listen to the show, if you hate seeing our faces, because I mean, I look I look, at that, look at that I the bottom it. right. I wouldn't want to watch. I wouldn't want to see his face either. But <laughs> well, let's do it. Of course, yeah, it's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts. But with all that being said, thank you for getting us this far. And this has been the hundredth episode of the College Loop Podcast. 